So here's the deal. I, I think that one of the biggest insults that you can hurl at any one person is to call them a hypocrite. Is to call them a hypocrite. And I got to tell you, nobody likes that, right? It's hurled at Christians a lot because we think we're perfect. At least that's what people outside the church think. And we're big hypocrites because we're not. Um, now, people don't quite understand all the time that we would never claim that we are perfect. Um, but they think because we talk about, you know, you shouldn't sin and, and there's certain things that we don't agree with that we become hypocrites because we do bad stuff too. And, and, and it just stinks. Now, in Matthew 23:13, Jesus referred to the Pharisees as hypocrites. And when he was talking to the people, he told them, hey, listen, you must do what they're saying, but don't do what they actually do. Right? Because the Pharisees were people, they knew the word. They knew the word. And they kind of used it as a knife to cut people and to tear people down and to destroy, not to build up, not to give life. And so Jesus wanted to make it clear to the people, listen, what they're saying is right, but how they go about things is so very wrong. That's what makes people a hypocrite. Now, that's not company I want to be in. That's not company I want to be in. I, I pride myself, and pride's a bad thing, but I pride myself in a way of, I feel like if I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it. And if somehow I, 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 I don't quite meet the mark, then I, I apologize for that. Hypocrite's the last thing that I want to be called. Like, if you call me a hypocrite, you better have some good proof behind it, or you better be ready to duck. That's kind of how I feel, right? It's a bad deal. We don't want to say it. Now, hypocrites are actors. That's the thing that we don't like about them. Hypocrites are actors. And in fact, the word for hypocrisy in this day and age referred to speaking behind a mask. It was a theatrical term. You talk about the right things, you say the right things, but it's all an act. It's all an act. As Christians, we must ensure that we walk free of hypocrisy. We must live and love earnestly. And today we talk about loving and earnest. We are going to be in Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 13. If you are one of the ones that follow along in the Bible app, my apologies. It is not there this week. Uh... This was a week where school and church and work kind of imploded around me. So, make culpa, as the kids say. My bad. All right? It's not there. So you have to follow on the screen and read the Bible, and it's not just there. And there's a little more work for you today. I'm sorry. Uh, but here's the first question I want to ask everybody. And I want us to honestly think about this and be honest with ourselves. Do you genuinely love others? Do you as a human being genuinely love other people? Or do you just say that you love other people? Romans 12, 9 through 13. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality. Now, verse 9 may be the most important instruction that Jesus gives in this time, or that Paul gives in this time. Jesus would have said it too. Might be the most important instruction that we hear in the whole chapter. We have to love without hypocrisy. See, love is involved in the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave us before he ascended. Matthew 27, 37 through 39, love the Lord your God, Love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But if love is not genuine, then it's not love. 
we cannot accomplish what Jesus has set forward for us if we cannot love people the way that we are supposed to love people. So do you only love when you are loved in return? Do you only love when it matches your politics? Do you only love when you like that person's attitude or you find them funny? Or when somebody wrongs you, do you get bitter about that? Do you say, I can't love that person anymore? Because love is supposed to look beyond those things. See, to mean anything, these acts have to be genuine. You can say that you love somebody all day long. Watch how easy it is. Tyler, I love you. Yeah, a little awkward, I know. Okay? I can say it all day long. Hey, Randy, love you. Mom, love you. I, I sort of mean it. Um, just kidding. Right? I can say I love you. I could go through the whole room and tell everybody that I love you. But what do my actions show? What do my actions show? Because genuine love, genuine love shows itself in the way that we behave and the way that we treat others. Not just in the words that we say. Love is not something that we can counterfeit. See, being loving is a characteristic of believers because it is the character of God. It is the character of God. And so it's a characteristic that we all must have. Let's run through these real quick. John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. People will know us by the love that we have for other human beings. And if we do not love genuinely, what does that say about the Christ that we serve? What does that say about the Christ that we serve? See, I think it's no wonder that there's so many people out there that think that we're hypocrites. I think that there's no wonder that there's so many people out there that think that God only loves you when you love Him or you do good things or you do what He wants you to do. But that's not what he says. That's not how he lived his life. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 15, 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. John 15, 17. This, is, this I command you, that you love one another. Commandment, commandment, command. 1 John three eleven. For this message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. 1 John 3.18, little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth, free of hypocrisy, full of action. See, love doesn't just say it, love does it. Love doesn't just say it, love does it. Love moves. Love reaches out. Love sees a person in pain and says that I will go to them. See, that's what love is. 1 John 4, 7. And eight, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God for God is love. For God is love. See, I feel like God's trying to tell us something here. I can't quite put my finger on it. Oh yeah, we're supposed to love one another. It's commanded all throughout Scripture that we love one another. See, and if you genuinely, this is point two, if you genuinely love others, if you genuinely want that, 
then you must focus on what is good. You must focus on what is good. Verse 2 tells us to abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. The first half of this verse is a command of continuous action. Continuous action. Abhor what is evil. That's such a good word. That's such a good word. Now you, depending on your translation, maybe it's not there, but I'm telling abhor. Abhor. Yeah, abhor it. Abhor it. Regard evil with hate and disgust. That's what it means, to regard evil with hate and disgust. See, don't just dislike it. Abhor it. You can use that. I give you permission. I abhor that. I abhor the Raiders. In case you guys want to choose play them today, I abhor them. Such a good word. See, but here's the thing, continuously. That means every time you come across evil, you look on it with disgust. Every time you come across evil, you look upon it with disgust. But here's the second thing, another continuous command, the second half of the verse. It's not enough to simply have disdain for evil. It's not enough to see and say, I don't like that. But we must cling to what is good. Complete contrast. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Right? Cling to what is good. Think about that. Think about what it means to cling to something. We're not just talking about giving it a hug. We're not just talking about putting our hand on it. We're not just talking about like being in its presence. Picture yourself hanging off of a cliff. No harness. Think of how tight your grip would get. Cling to what is good. With everything that you have, cling to what is good. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Verse 10 in the chapter that we read. Okay? Verse 10, which tells us, be devoted to one another out of brotherly love. Because in this way, we can truly, truly love one another. Because in this way, we can truly love one another. It's not just any type of love. It's not just, I love candy. It's not just, I love biscuits and gravy. It happens to be a true statement. You know, I love mashed potatoes. But, but that's not what it's talking about here. This is deep familial ties. This is family. See, we're supposed to see our common man as family. As family. And you can't choose family. And I can tell you, you don't always like family. None of my family that are here today. Just want to make that clear so we can all still love each other. But there are times where you, you've got family and you're like, oh, geez. But they're family. And that's how we're supposed to look at everybody else. We can't choose that. We didn't choose that. By being made brothers with Christ and sisters with Christ, by receiving sonship, by being told that we are children of God, we must love everyone because we are family. And when we love another in this way, then, then we're going to put people first. We're going to look at other people and we're going to say, I can meet that need. And so I'm going to. Maybe it's not the easiest thing for me to do, but God has blessed me and so I'm going to bless others. 
That's genuine love. Will we love without hypocrisy? To love others in this way is a service to the Lord. I need you guys to hear that. We literally serve Jesus. We literally serve God by loving other people. Every single day, you are involved in a service project. How do you treat others? Every single day. Every single day, every single person. And I know that's hard. I know that's hard. When you love people, you serve God. And there's so much in this world that can leave us cynical. Guys, I know that. I'm young, but I've seen a lot in my short life. And there's so much that you look at and can leave you cynical and can leave you saying, I don't want any part of any of this. Like, excuse me while I just go sit in my hole, okay, with my books and my coffee and my Netflix and ignore that people are crazy around me. There's so much that can leave us cynical. But we must abhor what is evil. We must look at those things and say, I can have no part of that. And cling to what is good. At all costs, cling to what is good. So our hearts will not be distracted from serving the Lord. And we serve the Lord by showing love to other people. Point three. Let your future hope dictate your present actions. Let your future hope dictate your present actions. Verse 12 tells us to rejoice in hope, persevere in tribulation, and be devoted to prayer. See, verse 12 reminds us of the hope that was just talked about last week. There's a hope that God will reveal to us a glory that we can't even comprehend that will take away all of the evil, nasty things that we think about and we talk about and that are involved in our lives and that hurt us and that bring us pain, and he will bring about joy. And it will leave all of that in the dust. See, our hope is that God will one day reveal to us that glory. Will he change our outlook on life? And that hope we must have in the foremost part of our minds. It must be the filter through which everything runs in our lives. I have a hope in Jesus that one day is going to be greater than anything any of us can comprehend. And because that is so, I will love others because he has commanded me to do that. Because of the future I hope for, I will rest in love now. And in my day-to-day, I will abhor what's evil, I'll cling to what's good, and I'm going to love people without hypocrisy. I'm going to love people earnestly. I'm going to let my actions back up my mouth. We have to use it as encouragement when we feel like we can't love someone. We must use it as encouragement when we feel like we can't love someone the way that God intends us to. You know, he gives us some tools in this verse. He talks about rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. You ever had to pray yourself into loving somebody? Like, Lord, (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel, like Carrie Underwood would say. Like, you just have to be like, God, I can't do it today, so you're going to have to do something. I really don't know that I've experienced it a whole lot until I became a teacher this year, right? It's like you spent four hours on creating this lesson, and you're like, okay, guys, we're going to do That's stupid. Lord, help me. Help me love this child because I just want to 
glad we're not on video recording. <laughs> but there are, there are tools that God gives us. There's tools that Paul talks about to help us with these things. We must be devoted in prayer, and we must contribute to the needs of the saints, and we must practice hospitality. We have to share what it is that God has given us. You know, one of the commands he gave his disciples is, when you go and share and you go into towns, stay with people as long as they will have you. In that way, they'll, they'll show you their love for me. And if they're not hospitable and if they don't share with you, shake your dust off your sandals, Adam, which is like, you're gross, right? And move on. What I wonder is if when people come into our life, they receive that hospitality, they feel like they're welcome, they feel like they're loved, they feel like they're wanted, or if they feel like we kicked our shoes off at them. Like, hey, you're in my way, get out of here. Or, I just don't have any room for you. And I just think that as people, we can do so much better with the things that God has given us. And that's an individual choice. That's an individual decision that we all must make. See, our hope and our love for others, it can be tested. It can be tested. Sometimes on a daily basis. But if we know God, we can never allow it to be broken. Ever. Because that's what God is. That's what Jesus is. We must forgive over and over and over and over and over again. Even when it's difficult. And because this is so, because we have to cling to the love and to the attitude that Christ would want us to have, we must persevere through tribulation and we must pray without ceasing. And we must contribute to the needs of others and we must open our doors to anyone who would come in. And we must do that sincerely. We're not checking it off a list. See, that's what the Pharisees did. And they were hypocrites. We can do something. I mean, we can all do something because we feel like, I guess I'll do it, or I'm obligated to do it. But is there genuine love behind our actions? Are we doing something because we genuinely want to share the love of Christ? I've got to be real honest with you. I've been kind of emotional all morning. I don't know what that's about. God's been working on the inside. And it, part of it was the song and thinking about the people who have lost loved ones and the people who haven't lost loved ones, but they're still lost to them because they're estranged. And how difficult that this time of year can be and how difficult any time of year can be. And we focus on those things now because this is a time that we really think about love. We think about the entering of Jesus into our world and we know that in the craziness that Jesus was literally born to, to die and he did that for us and it's the greatest act of love that we've ever seen and I just there's just something in me that God's saying that there's hurting people here and I don't know if anybody here has the courage to raise their hand and say hey I'm hurting and I need prayer and I need I just need people to, to lift me up right now but this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. I want us to break off in groups. And we've got time. Just small groups. Okay? A couple rows. I want you to gather up and I want you to pray. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for one another. 
doesn't have to be out loud, but I, I want you to take this time to let others know that, hey, I can genuinely love you. And I genuinely do. And if there's something now in this time that is causing you pain, that is a burden on your life, then share that with others. This is a no-judgment zone. And more importantly than that, we are called by Christ to share the burdens of one another and to love one another. So I know that we don't have any great plan for breaking off. I would just ask that you gather around with a group of people that are closest to you. Okay, groups of five, groups of ten, but pray, but pray. And as we're gathering, I'm just going to pray over us. It's fine, make noise, move around, meet with people. God, I come to you right now and I ask that in this time, in this season, that you let us be people who love genuinely, who have the character of Christ and who say we will love because God loved us and because God commands us to love. And more importantly, God, I pray that you can put that in our hearts at the very center of our lives, at the very center of our being. Help us to be people who look on others and say, I'm going to love them. God, in this time when we pray together, help us to pray for one another. Help us to build each other up. But God, more importantly than anything, if there's a burden in any one of these groups, God, let it be known, let it be shared so that we can pray for one another. Because there is power in prayer. There is power in prayer. God, I ask these things in your son's name. Pray now. Pray now.